Well, welcome, friends, to the Victory Point Bible Reading Podcast, where normal, everyday disciples open up the Bible and discuss. We don't claim to be theologians here, but no one ever said you had to be to read and interpret and apply the Word of God to your life. So thanks so much for joining us today, and here's your host. Hello, friends. Dwight here with the Victory Point Bible Reading Podcast. It is Thursday, April 7, and I am here with Tom Onk. And Tom, what are you thankful for? Something in the last week or two. Well, this this might go a little longer than that, but um, my mother is uh, 91 years old. Wow. And um, is mentally very sharp. Mm-hmm. Um, physically, she's got some issues with her back. Um, she has osteoporosis, porosis, can't speak. Um, and so she breaks vertebrae in her back just by turning wrong or wow. something. And we had we were down in Florida. We just gotten there, and she, I think, fractured another vertebrae. And when that happens, she's in tremendous amount of pain. And we didn't know quite what to do. Um, so we we called around and tried to get her some help because she would need some. She lives alone in her own condo still. Wow. Um, uh, so, you know, we needed to get her some help in the morning just to get her going and couldn't find anybody to do that. And through talking to some friends, uh, a friend stepped up and said, well, I could do that. And so uh, she did and um, got my mom through those couple of weeks of severe pain, um, got her attitude back, um, mm happy and you know it allowed deb and i to stay in florida um but you know the result of that is mom and and this person have become pretty good friends i think Mm. um and mom is now in a really good place um so i'm just really thankful for this you know the lord putting this person in our lives who could come in and you know and become a part of my mom's life so that's that was really great that is great Oh, I'm happy for your mom. Yeah, and for you, because that's, yeah. that's a weight lifted. Yeah, it was. Right? It was. It it was always. You know, the whole time we were gone, it was kind of there, but this lifted a lot of it. Yeah. Well, let's jump into the passage for today, and it's a long one. So, Tom, if you want to read the first thirty verses, sure, and then I'll take thirty-one to forty-nine. <laughs> okay, that's about half. Yep. Is that about half? That's about half. Okay. No, I'm just kidding. Then the whole assembly rose and led him off to Pilate. And they began to accuse him, saying, We have found this man subverting our nation. He opposes payment of taxes to Caesar and claims to be Christ, a king. So Pilate asked Jesus, Are you king of the Jews? Yes, it is as you say, Jesus replied. Then Pilate announced to the chief priests and the crowd, I find no basis for a charge against this man. But they insisted. He stirs up the people over Judea by his teaching. He started in Galilee and has come all the way here. On hearing this, Pilate asked if the man was a Galilean. When he learned that Jesus was under Herod's jurisdiction, he sent him to Herod, who was also in Jerusalem at the time. When Herod saw Jesus, he was greatly pleased, because for a long time he had been wanting to see him. 
From what he had heard about him, he hoped to see him perform some miracle. He plied him with many questions, but Jesus gave him no answer. The chief priests and the teachers of the law were standing there, vehemently accusing him. Then Herod and his soldiers ridiculed and mocked him, dressing him in an elegant robe. They sent him back to Pilate. And that day Herod and Pilate became friends. Before this, they had been enemies. Pilate called together the chief priests, the rulers, and the people, and said to them, You brought me this man as one who is inciting the people to rebellion. I have examined him in your presence and have found no basis for your charges against him. And neither has Herod, for he sent him back to us. As you can see, he has done nothing to deserve death. Therefore, I will punish him and then release him. With one voice they cried out, Away with this man! Release Barabbas to us! Barabbas had been thrown into prison for an insurrection in the city and for murder. Wanting to release Jesus, Pilate appealed to them again, but they kept shouting, Crucify him! Crucify him! For the third time he spoke to them, Why? What crime has this man committed? I have found in him no grounds for the death penalty. Therefore, I will have him punished and then release him. But with loud shouts, they insistently demanded that he be crucified, and their shouts prevailed. So Pilate decided to grant their demand. He released the man who had been thrown into prison for an insurrection and murder, the one they asked for, and surrendered Jesus to their will. As they led him away, they seized Simon from Cyrene, who was on his way in from the country, and put the cross on him and made him carry it behind Jesus. A large number of people followed him, including women, who mourned and wailed for him. Jesus turned and said to them, Daughters of Jerusalem, do not weep for me. Weep for yourselves and for your children. For the time will come when you will say, Blessed are the barren women, the wombs that will never the wombs that never bore and the breasts that never nursed. Then they will say to the mountains, Fall on us and to the hills, cover us. For if men do these things when the tree is green, what will happen when it's dry? Two other men, both criminals, were also led out with him to be executed. When they came to the place called the skull, they crucified him along with the criminals, one on his right the other on his left. Jesus said, Father, forgive them, for they do not know what they're doing. And they divided up his clothes by casting lots. The people stood watching, and the rulers even sneered at him. They said, He saved others. Let him save himself if he is the Christ of God, the chosen one. The soldiers also came up and mocked him. They offered him wine, vinegar, and said, If you are the king of the Jews, save yourself. There was a written notice above him which read, This is the king of the Jews. One of the criminals who hung there hurled insults at him. Aren't you the Christ? Save yourself and us. But the other criminal rebuked him. Don't you fear God, he said, since you are under the same sentence? We are punished justly, for we are getting what our deeds deserve. But this man has done nothing wrong. Then he said, Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. Jesus answered him, I tell you the truth. Today, you will be with me in paradise. It was now about the sixth hour, and darkness came over the whole land until the ninth hour. For the sun stopped shining, and the curtain of the temple was torn in two. 
Jesus called out with a loud voice, Father, into your hands I commit my spirit. When he had said this, he breathed his last. The centurion, seeing what had happened, praised God and said, surely this was a righteous man. When all the people who had gathered to witness this sight saw what took place, they beat their breasts and went away. But all those who knew him, including the women who had followed him from Galilee, stood at a distance watching these things. I guess the first thing that, that stood out to me that I guess I hadn't really thought about before, but through this whole thing, Herod and Pilate, who had been enemies, became friends. Uh-huh. And I thought, hmm, you know, the, the, those against us kind of will join together. You know, they joined together against Jesus here and became friends. Right. I just, that was just something I had never thought about before. Mm-hmm. Kind of reminds me of, the, maybe this is not a great comparison, but like there's such a great political divide in our country going on right now. Mm-hmm. But we all seem to be united against what's going on in Ukraine mm-hmm. and against the bully who's pushing his way into Ukraine. It's like bitter and en- bitter political enemies have become friends in a sense against that cause. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like uh, Herod and Pilate coming together against Jesus. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and you know, the, the people that seemed to me as I was reading through this in some commentaries, I don't remember what, but you know, the people that, that started this, you know, whole thing were the the Sanhedrin were kind of the gang leaders of this mm-hmm. against Jesus, you know, the leaders, you know, right. who should know better. You know, they should have known who Jesus was, but yet they they felt for you know, they were gonna lose something. And so they were they didn't want to lose it. You know, kind of a totally opposite of what we talked about yesterday, right? Well, but totally consistent with what we talked about Monday when I said, why, why do prophets have such a hard time? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you, you laid it right out there. Because well, they tell the truth. They tell the truth. Mm-hmm. And oftentimes the truth forces a change. Yeah. And, and when we don't want to change, then we don't like the prophet. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's pretty sobering. Like there's, there's somewhere in the gospels, I don't know exactly where it is, where Jesus says to the teachers of the law, Basically, you know the word of God backwards and forwards, but you've never heard the voice of God. Mm-hmm. Like, you can know scripture mm-hmm. and still not know God. Yep. And I couldn't help but think back to Isaiah 50 and uh, Psalm 31, you know, with the mockings, the insults, the beatings uh, that Jesus incurred, you know, here. Uh, it really seems like a common thread of, mm-hmm. of all these passages that we're reading this week yeah. of prophetic followers, passionate followers of God who are experiencing persecution. Yeah. And when you, you look at Jesus, he accepted it, right? He didn't fight back. He just accepted it and took it. And, and said, Father, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. Right. You know, do we do that when we're persecuted or do we fight back? Yeah. You know? I like to think that I wouldn't, but yeah, that's not your first impulse. Right. Have you ever heard of the movie Tortured for Christ? No, I have not. Okay. 
So my buddy John Groders yeah. uh, filmed it okay. and went to Romania. It's the story of Richard and Sabina Wormbrand, who he was a pastor during World War II when Romania was invaded by the Nazi regime. And there's this scene where he knows that they're about to get captured and imprisoned uh, because he's an outspoken believer. And he tells his friends in the room, do not treat the soldiers like enemies. They are people who need Jesus. Mm. And then he went in jail and was tortured mercilessly for 14 years. And he witnessed to a, yeah, it's what Jesus did. It's what Richard Wormbrand did. I, I pray that it's what I would do. Yeah. If, if it ever comes to that. And that will be a supernatural thing if that That's is right. what you do. That's right. I was struck too, as, as you were reading, they preferred Barabbas over Jesus. Yeah. This guy was a murderer. Yeah. Yeah. They, they hated Jesus that much. They hated him. Or he was that, that much of a threat to them. I don't know if you ever watched Passion of the Christ. Mm-hmm. They make Barabbas such a despicable person, yeah. just a vile person, you know, and maybe he was, you know. But I, but I think it was an effective contrast to see what the religious community chose yeah. over the perfect son of God, you know. Yeah. And I think that was because Barabbas was less of a threat to their security, their position, their whatever. Um, and Jesus was a threat to that. Right. They didn't want to give it up. Well, anything else in this passage, Tom, that yeah, one other caught thing your attention? I had yeah. underlined is, you know, in Jesus' death, he says in here, Father, into your hands I commit my spirit. So he gave up his life. Mm. You know, he didn't, it's not like they took his life, he gave it up. Um, at least absolutely. that's what those words say to no, me. No, absolutely. And that's just, yeah. That's well, just, Jesus even says that. Yeah. I believe it's in the book of John. He says, no one takes the life of the Son of Man. He, he gives it up. He gives it up. Yeah. Yeah. So that's something else I have underlined. Mm-hmm. I thought, too, you know when the, the thief says, remember me? Remember me when you come into your kingdom? Or when you something? come into your kingdom. Yeah. And Jesus says, today you will be with me in paradise. Yeah. That's a fascinating statement to me. Yeah. Because, you know, in the Apostles' Creed, we say that he was crucified, dead, and buried, and he descended, descended into hell. Into hell. Mm-hmm. So we don't really know what Jesus was up to, Yeah. right? In no, the exactly. spirit world, yeah. between his crucifixion and his resurrection. So how, how does God work out the whole time-space continuum? I, I'm sure he was able to be with that robber in paradise that day and also kick the devil's butt at the same time. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. It'd be a good question someday for him, right? It'll be a great question. Yeah. Right. What were you doing in the spirit world when you were laying peacefully in the tomb? Well, I think that's probably all I have. You got anything else? Nope. All right. Well, God bless you all. And we will talk to you on Friday. Well, thank you for joining us today for the Victory Point Bible Reading Podcast. We hope that today's conversation was helpful for you and encourages you in your daily walk with God. If you have any questions or thoughts to share with us, please email us at info at victorypoint.org. We would love to hear from you.